Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Welcome back to the Anthony Gordon Show. I'm super, super, super excited uh, about introducing you guys to my next guest, and I'll tell you why. Besides being just an all-round fabulous person, I think that it would be safe to say that Jen Adams, and I'm going to give you folks uh, a little bit of background before introducing you to Jen, I think it would be safe to say that Jen personifies the premise of the show, and in many ways, the reason why I launched the Anthony Gordon Show, because many people talk about taking the road less traveled, and many people um, talk about the fact that they feel like a hamster on a treadmill. I think it's safe to say there are very few people that do anything about it. Jen began her aviation career in 2005 with United with US Airways, um, just some sort of seminal uh, events in an incredible uh, career in the aviation space. Uh, amongst other things, was <clears throat> involved in, let's call it some of the crisis management in 2009 of Miracle on the Hudson, which most of us are familiar with. In 2014, Jen was promoted to the lead global uh, integrated Market, marketing for, the, for American Airlines. And in 2019, Jen, if I'm saying anything which is incorrect, you'll tell me, was uh, further elevated to Vice President of Marketing uh, for ID90 Travel. Safe to say that Jen was part of uh, the leadership team of arguably one of the world's most prominent brands in American Airlines. And then I think to her credit, um, and certainly one of the many reasons why I wanted to get you on the show, uh, voluntarily took an early retirement to pursue her dream, to pursue something that was going to be true to herself. And Jen, thank you for making the time. It's really an honor and a pleasure. Welcome to the Anthony Gordon Show. Oh, Anthony, thank you so much for inviting me. I've been looking forward to this conversation today. Uh, super excited to be here and uh, so grateful for you. My pleasure. Is it true to say, Jen, just for our, our listeners' perspective, that the highlight of your life so far must have been uh, in 2019 when we met at Harvard Business School? I mean, it's, that, it's downhill from there, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, what a special <laughs> program and just, you know, so happy that we were able to do that in 2019 because sadly uh, the program's yep. gone virtual and has been postponed. But what a, what a special time we had on the Harvard campus. Uh, and we made so many memories and so many friendships. Yep. Uh, 
um, it feels like you're right. It was a, a major highlight uh, of my life. Of course, of course, <laughs> maybe second to the birth of my son. We'll see. Amazing. So yeah, the truth <laughs> is, I think I would agree with you, Jenna. I, um, I think we both probably have been fortunate to have had terrific opportunities in our, in our life. I was speaking to a bunch of folks um, from our class, and I think the reason that we really gelled and we've maintained an incredible communication is I think people were really real, really authentic. You know, this wasn't about sort of out names dropping each other. It's just an incredible group of people. Absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head. Everyone came in with such an open mind. We had such mm -hmm. a diverse group uh, across so many different industries. And yeah, we all just approached it with authenticity. We kept it real. I think our professor, Anita, uh, really- Big shout out to Anita Albers. Yeah, she's amazing. And really kind of got us all, you know, built that trust from, from the first second to be able Absolutely. to ask questions. Uh, no, no wrong, no, no dumb questions. Yep. Um, she just really made us all feel at ease and we learned so much from each other. And I think it was sure. because of that, that trust that she, that she fostered, you know, day one. Yep. It was awesome. So when we were sort of preparing, um, for the show today with, um, <clears throat> with the folks that helped me with the questions and stuff, everyone said, this is unbelievable. Jen Adams's journey really is the premise for everything that the show's about. By that I mean, and I touched on this in the opening comments, Jen, there's so many people there that I deal with, and I think you've got a sense of, uh, you know, a little bit of the, um, the life journey I've had in dealing with sort of high profile celebrities and athletes, et cetera, where they tell me that, Anthony, listen, I'm in, <clears throat> I'm in a rut. This, this is, this is um, I feel, I'm not being true to myself. I'm in the wrong team, the wrong franchise, and wrong. Can you, I think it'll be enlightening and, I think a tremendous uh, teachable moment for, for uh, our listeners. Can you walk us through um, a little bit of your terrific journey in uh, the aviation space, obviously, and then sort of some of, some of the internal uh, discourse, if you will, and the rumblings, which was the, which precipitated you taking uh, pressing eject and pursuing a very, very brave. And I think a terrific new vocational choice. Yeah, I would love I would love to share that with you and your listeners, uh, Anthony, because um, it wasn't an easy road and and a lot of hard decisions along the way. Uh, but you know, I started working at a very young age, sixteen years old, wow. um, and I don't think I ever I don't think I ever stopped working more than you know maybe a week or two uh, around the holidays here and there. Um, but you know, came from pretty meager beginnings and. Mm -hmm. Um, a family with not a lot of money. And so I associated, um, you know, work and making money with uh, kind of getting ahead and, and, and happiness. Right. Yep. And so uh, once I stepped on that, on that track, it just kept going and going and going and work with some amazing companies, amazing leadership teams, mm -hmm. uh, always had so much support um, but I realized was uh, the hard work was coming at a cost and I had sort of forgotten who I was yeah. um, on the inside. Right. And so um, I think toward the end of my, my airline career, um, I started realizing there was a lot that had happened in my personal life. I had lost my mother wow. uh, as I was working uh, with the leadership team during the merger uh, between U.S. Airways and American Airlines. 
Uh, I had also relocated to uh, Dallas, Texas, which has been a wonderfully positive move for me and my family, but I was also sure. going through a, a painful divorce. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I really believed that my work became what I call the great escape for me, right? Yeah. 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 It served as just this wonderfully um, convenient distraction to really do the deep personal um, growth and development that I needed to do and process some of the some of the crisis that was happening in my own life. So just just so I get a sense of the timeline, when when uh, when we met at the Harvard Business School class, where were you in terms of the storm, if you will? Yep, I was. Um, I had left American, okay. and I was on my sort of soul-searching mm-hmm. mission at that point in time. And so, uh, I really committed to myself to take at least six to nine months off yep. um, and invest in myself and invest in my future and and things that I don't think I was able to do. Uh, working a full-time job, a demanding job and, and, you know, leading large teams. I couldn't support them the way I wanted to as a leader while I was trying to do the personal growth that I felt was time for me to to do that. So the Harvard course was one uh, opportunity just to, to feed that, that lifelong learner in me, Um, met some amazing people like yourself um, there was another another uh, really special program that I participated in just shortly before the Harvard program called the Hoffman Process okay. yeah. in Northern California, which is a six-day um, retreat, uh, no, no uh, electronics allowed, digital detox, if you will. Wow. But I like to say it was 10 years of therapy in six days. And really helped me process um, things that had happened in the past. I went through a very deep uh, personal spiritual awakening during Amazing. that time um, that really served as kind of the compass for my life moving forward. You know, I, I want to paraphrase a quote that I believe is attributed to Winston Churchill, who apparently said that in the journey of life, most people stumble over the quote-unquote truth. However, almost everyone gets up and keeps running. The difference between you, Jen, is when I guess you started feeling the disparity between the Jen Adams and who you are um, in terms of your real values, your goals, and your aspirations, and then the charade that you were playing you know, as this you know, high-end executive for a major company there's so many people that continue to play the game and they look back at their life and they've ascended up the ladder. It's leaning against the wrong wall. And then they say, you know, could have, would have, should have. So you've done something that I know will resonate with our listeners. I, I get a lot of uh, calls, emails with people saying, you know, they, they, they ironically have used this pandemic and this crisis to really rethink and dig deep and it's, and there's been some major reinventing of themselves. Absolutely. I mean, I know this isn't an ideal situation that we're in, but mm-hmm. I definitely am so inspired because majority of the conversations that I'm having with people are doing just that, right? Uh, they may have a little bit more flexibility or a little bit more time at home or more time with their families to really, kind of rethink priorities in life. And so, um, 
you know, really trying to find some silver lining in, in this mess that we're in right now. Um, and find some opportunities, I think has been um, the best approach. And I'm so inspired to hear how many people are doing that right now. I definitely want to drill down in terms of sort of your internal introspection and your soul search. And I think that's really what will resonate um, with the, 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 our listeners. But maybe this is a rhetorical question, Jen, but if I had to take, if I had to freeze frame your life when uh, you're representing American Airlines at the Oscar Awards, let's just say freeze frame that, okay? And then freeze frame Jen now, okay? Pursuing um, your your new vocation, which we which we'll definitely get to, gold, um, gold light leadership, out of you know, out of the the trappings of you know the lights and camera and action of corporate America, which Jen is more at peace? Which Jen is happier? Absolutely, Jen. Today, um, it's not to discredit my experiences in corporate sure. America. I mean, I think you know what what I've always been you know, my, my cup has always been filled with, with supporting other people. Mm-hmm. And frankly, that was when I was most happy in corporate life is when I was coaching, mentoring people that were looking to, you know, succeed in their careers, but also helping them, you know, succeed at life and helping yep. them cover themselves. Right. So um, I think right now though, I am so inspired because frankly, I just want to be, that person to others that I needed when I yep. was sort of at that fork in the road mm-hmm. say, is this, you know, a corporate life for me? Um, or can I actually make a bigger impact and help more people um, in a different way? And those were questions that until I really tapped into my authentic self and started asking myself those questions, um, I couldn't answer. I was certainly the type of person that um, when I was making big life decisions, mm-hmm. I would call everyone in my Rolodex and get their opinion. Yep. <laughs> and I came to realize I have all of these answers. Deep I have inside. them in myself, right? For sure. And, you know, the best part about my job now, if you can call it a job, is helping people tap into that. It's amazing. Um, it's what makes it all worthwhile for me at the end of the day. So I think that in, in some ways, some of the, the work that we've done with other people, there's, there's somewhat of an overlap. Why do you think, Jen, there's so many people that it, in the quiet of the night or when they, you know, in the moments before they go to sleep, um, feel that maybe they're not being true to themselves. Maybe they're not um, pursuing the journey that they feel is their true calling. Why do you think there's so few people um, that pursue, that do what you, that you, you know, take the road that you do? Let's leave the financial part out, assuming a person can. Do you think people are just risk averse? People are, are, are trying to placate other people. People want comfort. Why is that, Jen? Yeah, I think um, I'm glad, I'm glad you did bring up the financial piece because I do think it, you know, it, oh, that's a big component. Needs to be, it needs to be said that, you know, there, that is coming from a place of privilege when you're, when you're able to do that. Um, even though I knew I wasn't going to be able to do it for long, I was going <laughs> to come up with something, but um, I think it's, you know, I, I can only answer this because I've been there and it's when, for me, um, when my ego was in the driver's seat, right. 
Yep. It was all about getting that next thing, getting that mm-hmm. next promotion, getting that bigger house, getting these yep. things that I learned personally uh, weren't bringing me yep. long-term happiness um, or joy, right? And so I think um, I also, again, speaking from my own personal experience that I think people can relate to, um, there's also this sense of sort of showing your worth to the world, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think social media is perpetuating that today. Yep, very um, much. And just you know, being able to to show the world, hey, look at me, I'm I'm a worthwhile person because I have an amazing job, uh, yeah. a husband, I had a child, I got the house, I got the car, I got this. Well, no, as we know, that in the grand scheme of things, yep. doesn't really matter when it comes to uh, genuine joy. Mm-hmm. Uh, in your life. And so I think uh, when we let that ego uh, drive the bus is when uh, I know I laid up at night and couldn't sleep because I knew it wasn't um, who I truly was. And I knew that that those things and the external, you know, showcase of how great mm-hmm. life is um, really didn't matter at the end of the day. Do you think that, do you think one has to hit rock bottom to have this epiphany or do you think if people are you know brutal intellectual honesty and saying one second i'm doing these things to trigger likes and to trigger you know this virtual community but when push comes to shove and the sun sets i feel empty inside I absolutely think that we've both, you know, met so many people and heard Mm -hmm. so many inspiring stories about people who have, you know, hit rock bottom when it comes to addiction or other really unfortunate, tragic events in their lives. And, and we've both heard those stories about how that can really awaken a person uh, and, and change you to the core and change your perspective in life. I can speak from my personal experience that um, I had some, I had some big bumps in the road Mm -hmm. again kind of losing my mom was, was hard for me. It was very sudden and unexpected. Um, a a painful divorce again, just, uh, an, an area in my life that was problematic that I didn't have the tools or awareness within myself at that time to really manage through. And so again, I think, um, I don't think you need to hit rock bottom necessarily, but having some awareness when these bumps in the road come along, um, and, and again, like I said, not everyone can move the ladder. I love, I love yep. your analogy there. Not everyone's in a position to do that. And I don't think you have to, to um, become more in tune with something greater in this universe uh, beyond material things or the mm-hmm. social media likes. Um, and again, that's what my work now is all about. How can I help people who aren't in a position to walk away from their career. Um, other single moms like myself mm-hmm. who um, you know, want to work with someone to who who's been in their shoes, who is in their shoes and can and can kind of relate. So to answer your question, I don't think you need to be in a rock bottom position um, to really change your perspective or want to grow uh, personally mm-hmm. and professionally. So I, 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 I want you to get your thoughts on um Maybe this is the corollary, Rich, and, and that is, so I was interviewed uh, yesterday by, um, I guess, a platform, which is the go-to platform for Gen Z, and mm-hmm. 
and a brilliant interview. I mean, the interview was outstanding, very, very um, well-researched questions. And she asked me, she said, Anthony, it seems like you've, um, you know, you've, you've developed a broad, robust Rolodex of, of, uh, of folks who've, you, you know, you, you don't want on the speaking circuit. What, to what do you attribute that? And I honestly, honestly believe that, that this answer is from the bottom of my heart. And I'm, I want you to try this on for size and get your thoughts. I think it is, I grew up in South Africa, very humble beginnings. My mom, uh, you mentioned my mom uh, was an unbelievable woman. She was a therapist. She was my best friend. The one thing she inculcated into us is be real, be authentic, just be authentic. When I, uh, just being trained in public speaking you know, at a very young age, I always heard people resonate with what's real. Yes. Why, why, why do you think it is that, I mean, I live in LA, you know, where, where, where uh, p- people spend money they don't have to buy things they don't need to impress people they don't like. Why is it <laughs> yeah. such a, ch- <laughs> why is it such a challenge uh, for people to be just, this is who I am. I'm not going to pretend to be something I'm not. I really think it comes down to self-love. Okay. Confidence. And I think so many people struggle with um, really loving themselves as they are, right? Yeah. Uh, we're, we're humans and we make mistakes and we're flawed. And in our society today, um, it's a lot about perfectionism and yeah. buying the things and doing the things. Um, and how is that going to look uh, to the external world? But really taking a step back and learning to love ourselves, I think, especially Mm -hmm. from the female perspective, can be really hard. I mean, as a female and just seeing how women are objectified and... Sure, sure. You know, the the, the question of gender and stereotypes. In the work that I do in speaking a lot of athletes and and, uh, folks that, you know, there's such a machismo, there's such a testosterone... I, I found uh, that a lot of these, a lot of the folks with that profile would be much more comfortable speaking to a woman, much more comfortable because they're allowed to peel back the onion. They're allowed to show the vulnerability when you've got, you know, two alpha males, it's very tough uh, to, to say, you know, I messed up or I'm, I'm, I'm scared. So I think you're absolutely right. I was just having this conversation with someone yesterday. Um, majority of my coaching clients that I work with now um, are men. And mm-hmm. just to see them open up and you know be vulnerable and have a very non-judgmental conversation from a, a woman with a woman who has no skin in the game, there's no relationship sure. there, just someone who wants the best for them and wants to help them uh, dig deeper. I think you're you're absolutely right. And I think it's so important in our society today to allow men to feel and have yep. emotions uh, sure. to your point, the stereotypes, you know, um, exactly what you said, the, um, you know, big, strong, competitive male, you know, I think it's so important that we give uh, men an opportunity to feel uh, as a single mom of a 13 year old son, I deal with this every day. And hey, we live in Dallas, Texas. This is a hardcore, yeah. <laughs> uh, competitive, you know, Friday night lights city. Yep, and that's yep. not my son, you know, he's very, right. very sensitive. And so um, parenting him uh, to to really be his authentic self 
yep. uh, in a school system that's, you know, wonderful, but very competitive, yep. um, it's a challenge. And dealing with the social media uh, yeah. problems today that, that uh, I shouldn't say problems, but it's just the challenges that come along with For sure. our teenage children um, having that in their face all day. Uh, it is a challenge. You know, this exact topic, Jen, about the difficulty that men have generally to show vulnerability is exactly the reason that I turned to one of our classmates sitting, uh, I think one was one, one seat away from me, um, Kevin Love. And I yes. said, Kevin, this is amazing. Forget the basketball. I'm not an American, but it became very clear to me very early on um, you know, being in this country, the stereotypical jock type, uh, pro, you know, the, the tall, good looking professional NBA all-star, it flies in the face of the whole package for you to, for you to have done what you've done, which is, um, publicly articulate the challenges uh, that he's had with anxiety, with with uh, and and what he's done in terms of mental health, I think is unbelievable because I think it made he became the vicarious voice for so many people. And I told him this. I think that, um, and I'm sure there were folks in his own camp that saying, you know, you know, this is not exactly it doesn't fit your image. But he's so true to himself. I think that's one of the most courageous and one of the most bravest things, um, given the profile that Kevin has in 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 the sports world. I couldn't agree more. And just opening up the conversation uh, to make it okay to talk about mental illness, mm -hmm. mental wellness, and how sure. important it is to be aware when, you know, something's going on that's, that's serious when it comes to, um, you know, your mental health. And, and people like Kevin are just amazing to make that conversation okay for men to have. Mm -hmm. so important. I can guarantee you, Jen, that there are single moms listening right now. And I've spoken to a lot of these, these folks, amazing people, absolutely the, just resilient troopers. What do you say to that voice in, inside your head that at times, and as you pointed out, you know, you've had the bumps in the road, these vicissitudes, when it's dark outside, you're a single mom, you're carrying the yoke of mothering, parenting your son. You've left the trappings and the nest and the comfort of big corporate America, and it's scary. And that voice inside you says, oh, my gosh, there's no safety next. What's going to be? And it's very easy to start freaking out. And I know there's, there's, a, there's a good demographic of folks that listen to, yeah. to the show. What do you say to, to counter that voice so that you don't start reaching the point of, uh, desperation and say, so, oh my gosh, I'm, uh, you know, they start throwing pity parties. I love it. Have you had a conversation with the little voice in my head? <laughs> we spoke just before. I was going to say, <laughs> <laughs> Is that you or her? Um, you know, it wasn't until I really became more spiritually, yep. awoke, uh, if you will, that I learned, I, I, I sort of walked away with a toolbox right? Of um, a faith in something greater in this mm -hmm. world um, and tools to tap into that, right? So yep. uh, 
Um, again, thank God that things are, are being more mainstream in terms of mindfulness and yeah. meditation Absolutely. and visualization. So those are, are key tools in my, my toolbox that I use every day. Um, creating a vision for my life has been mm -hmm. so important. And just to tap back into that vision and remind myself where I'm headed and why, mm -hmm. um, really important. And staying in the present moment yep. is just, it's so hard, uh, but it just takes a few minutes once you sort of know how to do it, just to bring yourself back um, and stop worrying about the past. We can't yep. change that at all. Um, I, my little voice can go down that road, that rabbit hole real quick uh, sure. and check. Um, so I would say mindfulness techniques and staying in the present moment are super, super important. One question I ask my clients a lot yep. when, uh, you know, I'm in, in a, a conference call with, with a client who might be suffering from some anxiety or really worried about something that's coming down the road or, or happened in the past. It's like, the question is what is the problem right this second? If you stop and get right in this moment, what is the yep. problem? Oh my goodness! There is no, there isn't a problem right this second, um, and if you can live your life from that present moment mentality, it can help quiet that voice for sure. Okay, so I'm going to give you one of the techniques that I have been fortunate to use with a lot of the athletes and folks that I have assumed that role with. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to give an adjective. I'm going to describe an emotion. All I want you to do in the the timeline of past, present, or future, tell me where the emotion that I'm about to articulate fits in. Is it past, present, or future? Regret. Past. Um, anxiety. Future. Fear. Future. Um... Could have, would have, should have. Past. <laughs> I love so this we, game, Anthony. I love this. So I do this a lot with the athletes because I'll tell you what it, what it brings about. You cannot afford to rent space in one's head with these discussions that are past, which are academic, and the future no one knows. It, the, the amount of mental energy that is drained by having discussions so we use basic uh, cognitive behavior techniques so that as soon as they see themselves engaging in that dialogue that's either past or future, there's some trigger mantra or word that brings them to the present because they're in the middle of the game or they're in the middle. And it, 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 the, the difference between excellence and maybe getting dropped from the team, it's all a head game. It's that's all right. a head game. That's I'll tell right. you, it's, it, it's, um, so it's, it's terrific that because we use definitely a lot of, it's, very much mindfulness, being here and present. I'm speaking to Jen, classmate, terrific person. Why is it relevant that in three days from now, you know, I've got a some kind of a meeting coming up. I'm here now. That's right. And it's funny you say that. You know, I love how you say renting space in your in your brain. Um, I always have to remind myself too that anxiety and fear are mutually exclusive to innovation, mm -hmm. creativity. They don't, you can't have all of that going on at the same time. 
So through some of those techniques and quieting those voices and quieting that anxiety and fear or regret, I think was one of your, one of your words. Um, you can't expect to, you know, come up with new ideas, move forward in your life, innovate, um, achieve your goals uh, at the same time that you're dealing with all of those, uh, with all of those feelings and emotions. So it is, it's a lot of work. Um, yeah it's worth it, right? Absolutely. So one of the questions that was asked of me on this interview yesterday is that there's a mantra that is used in sport. There's a mantra that's used um, often to sort of get the team, you know, uh, pumped up. The notion of failure is not an option. And I said to the interviewer that there's only one problem. It's not true. Everyone, if not only is failure an option, failure is inevitable. If I look at the case studies that we started, that we did at Harvard Business School's uh, Business of Entertainment, Media, and Sport, I don't believe there's a single success story in any of those industries that didn't have the curveballs and that didn't have the rocks in the road. And it's, I think it's, it, it's sort of sad that people sort of see the end product. I don't think LeBron James was born with a basketball in his hand. As it's a, it's an, inc- and I think that one of the things. I mean, it was germane to the discussion yesterday because it's Gen Z and millennials is that I, I have kids, you know, in, in that age group. And I think they struggle with hard work. They struggle with the kind of work ethic that I think you and I are used to. And I'm not pointing fingers. I'm trying to say this in a neutral way. They, the technology has triggered more of an instantaneous kind of, they can touch a buttons. And I think that they sort of see a lot of these icons uh, in the social media and you know trying to clone that and, and realizing that true success success in um one's relationships success in parenting success in mental and physical health takes a ton of work and it's not a sprint it's a marathon i i totally agree with you i think success is all about taking risks right and yeah. with risks come failures but i think you know it warrants having a conversation on how you would define a failure you know i look at oh i you know i was married 11 years i got divorced i had a failed marriage you know i don't look at it that way mm-hmm. it's a life experience a part of my journey sure uh, i learned so much about myself and mm-hmm. how to have a healthy relationship yep. um, i have my son right so it's to right. me all about this perspective and what you think might be a failure. It's to me about the lessons that you learn along the way that are helping you for your next mm-hmm. experience. So the, the, the one, you know, if you read your bio, obviously the one area that was underlined three times by one of the producers here is the 2009 famous, uh, you know, miracle on the Hudson. People know the movie, people know the story. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jen, but you know, sort of, you you were, I guess maybe I'm using the wrong vernacular. Part of the crisis team, part of that whole experience. Can you share with the listeners a just a little bit about the extent that you know it's not not confidential that you can what it was like to be part of world news at the time, and b how the the miracle on the Hudson that whole crisis impacted you personally. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was with uh, U.S. Airways at the time. I was leading a team in our, our marketing uh, division. Mm-hmm. And uh, we obviously in, in that industry, preparedness, uh, emergency yeah. preparedness is key. So there's a lot going on behind the scenes to make sure, you know, if and when there's, there's an incident, um, you're prepared to take care of your team. Sure and and your customers and so that was really such an experience to be a part of and thank god we've seen how that ended you know it was a a good news story at the end thank god and and i feel for the crew and the customers who had to go through such a harrowing experience but i think from a a leadership perspective i learned so much from the leaders of the company at that time Um, that were just unflappable and where I really learned how to put aside that fear and anxiety and that worry um, and come together as a team uh, to trust each other, that we were going to take care of people and put people first and get information out as quickly as we could. And and my role was a little more behind the scenes, uh, supporting our corporate communications team uh, and helping them, as you can imagine, the phones were ringing off the hook with media oh, inquiries, sure. and so uh, myself and my team were were taking those calls. But uh, again, I I feel very fortunate to go through that experience and learn from so many uh, crisis professionals. Um, that uh, again, I was able to take away the fact that okay, this is. Um, a very scary time and there's, you know, emotions are running high and there's a lot of anxiety, but uh, we're going to work through this together as a team and we're going to do the right thing for all the people involved. And do you feel that you've used some of those ideas and thoughts, embrace it as part of your methodology when you launched Gold Life Leadership? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think uh, just throughout my career, I've had so much exposure to amazing leaders and uh, really sticky situations. Yeah, sure. um, You know, I was even with a a travel company here in Dallas when uh, the COVID crisis hit, right? Mm -hmm. I definitely have brought forward those experiences um, to more mindfully navigate uh, those situations. And yeah, absolutely doing that with my my current business and helping clients navigate their own issues. Everyone's got a different, um, sure. different perspective and, and everyone's life is being impacted in a different way right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so just uh, creating trustful environment with, with my clients and helping them whatever way they need it. If it's, you know, crisis communication with their company, uh, dealing with um, maybe crisis at home because of, sure happening um the pandemic uh, absolutely a big uh, cornerstone of how I'm, I'm helping people now so let's let, let's pivot from your journey as a tra- uh, travel ambassador which has been obviously at, at the highest possible level to launching uh, gold light leadership if someone were to ask you jen um do you have a methodology and approach or um, a certain style in dealing with with clients, or is it more getting a sense of you know what their you know their pain points are and 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 responding on a case by case basis? Yeah, I mean, like I said, there's 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 common threads. I mean, a lot of my clients are dealing with the same um, 
sort of opportunities right now. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of people in transition and really sure. want to design their life and figure out what's next and, and maybe sure. make a career pivot and wanting to talk with somebody through that. Uh, work-life balance is a huge issue mm-hmm. that people are facing uh, now even more than ever with uh, working from home uh, comes, you know, more hours for many, many people. So sure. uh, how to, to navigate that is a common issue, but I absolutely have a one-on-one approach uh, with every client, meet them where they're at. And, uh, you know, coaching is really about where you are now and where mm-hmm. you want to get. And certainly there's some things that have happened in the past that we want to process, um, but what are the obstacles now keeping you from getting where you need to go? Um, and working with a coach is always, you know, a great way to stay focused sure. on where you want to go. And folks can, can, uh, can see a little bit more about your work on, uh, the URL is goldlightleadership.com. Yes, that's my website. I'd love to hear from your listeners and today. Sure. So let me, let me tell you what we try and do sort of as a, as a wrap up with every single guest. And it's incredible how telling this is, and it's, and it's apparently become a, the favorite part of a lot of these discussions. If you could choose one person in the world, Jen, either no longer with us or people that are with us right now to spend, you know, to take, to take to lunch with and really have a sort of a private, intimate discussion with who would that person be and why? Uh, it would definitely be my mom. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah. um, it's it's just interesting. You know, um, my son was five when she left the earth. And mm. as I am maturing and, um, you know, he's 13 now and I'm, I'm kind of coming more into my motherhood, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, and my memories, my memories are fading and I have so much more interest in genealogy and, and things that happened from my childhood, right? And how that's impacting my life today in so many ways. Um, I would just love to have, um, I would love to have another lunch with my mom. That's beautiful. Yeah. So he has, I guess, the, the other epic question, which is also telling. So there you are, Jen, 95 years old. Uh, the, boom, the boom mic moves around uh, the living room as you're about to blow out that huge <laughs> cake with 95 <laughs> candles. Um, uh, so with you uh, in this hypothetical fictitious movie, uh, you have a significant other on your right. You have your your son. You have close loved ones. You have clients. And as the microphone goes round, what do you want them to be saying about you? Love. I just want people to feel that they were loved, and I hope that I help them love themselves. Um, but I just want to hear that word love over and Beautiful. over. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'll I'll say this: We live in the i generation. It's you know, it's the iPhone, uh, it's the i tablet, it's the i, and and you know, there's such a there's such a bent to narcissism because we've got this you know platform where we we get an opportunity to pound our chest and say how great we are. It's very refreshing, Jen, in the world of the i, that there's a person like yourself who's all about benevolence and all about giving and all about um, being selfless. 
And I, I actually recall vividly when you made an announcement on the Harvard Business School, um, the BEMS, you know, WhatsApp chat that we have, that you've pivoted and you've taken this journey and you're embarking on a new career. The, you were, <clears throat> the responses in real time were unbelievable. And it was just, so, you know, so many people saying, go, Jen. And I think it speaks volumes about, you know, you touched a lot of people by just being you. You're very, um, just a very, it's a, you're a beautiful soul. And I think that I can't tell you enough how I wish you tremendous success, um, you know, in the, the, this next chapter in your life. And I think the, uh, the world would be a better place if there were more Jen Adams in the world. Oh, Anthony, you <laughs> touched my heart today. And, and since I met you at Harvard, I hope you will be at my 95th birthday. And <laughs> feel the love because uh, I, I feel it back to you. And I'm, I'm so fortunate to have you in my life and so grateful for the opportunity to be on your amazing show. You're helping so many people by doing this, Anthony. Thank you. You're amazing, Jen. So folks, again, it's uh, www.goldlightleadership.com. A friend, a special soul. It's been an honor and pleasure, Jen Adams. This is Anthony Gordon on The Anthony Gordon Show. Until next time, thank you very much. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.